Good morning, everyone. I'm Georgia Deakin, and I'm one of the licensed practitioners here at CSL White Rock, and I'm so glad you could join us today. And if you want to just get ourselves quiet for a moment, I'm just going to do a little invocation. So yes, as we breathe in this wonderful day together, that might even include cycling, or maybe sitting in the park with Diane Vachon. We know that spirit is showing up as us today, that we are spirit, we are this love, this source, this light, that is who we are. Hmm. And as we breathe in the now, we breathe out the past, we do not have the past, we only have the now. Hmm. And as we breathe in the now, we breathe out the future. We do not have the future. We just have the now. Hmm. So in each breath, we know that source is always in back of us. And today we look forward to the wonderful thoughts and ideas from Rev Karen and the beautiful music from Theta and sharing our thoughts and idea ideas at the end. All of this is here for us right here, right now. So thankful to see each and every one of you. I'm truly blessed. And please join me in saying, and so it is. And so it is. Well, it's my pleasure to have Theta Phoenix perform for us. She's a sacred sound channeler, intuitive singer, songwriter, recording artist, and her angelic voice and intuitive sh sh shamanic music and soul-inspiring lyrics touch us so deeply. She leads sound healing events using her powerful voice along with crystal singing. So sit back and enjoy the wonderful sounds of Theta. Take it away. Hello, thank you. Right now I'm going to sing a song from my singer-songwriter album called Butterfly. <sighs> It's all about transformation. We are children in this universe when we allow our innocence to lead. Chasing butterflies across the sky, dancing through the Don't want to break her out too soon. 
divine timing is at hand. For after the struggle you will see that butterfly flying free. There you are, running through the field, soaring with the wind, gliding on the breeze. You just the same as this caterpillar in this human game. We may look like an ordinary one, but don't be fooled. We are all children of the sun, waiting till the time is right to spread our wings, break free, and take As we begin our gathering as settlers on this land, we are honored to live and operate on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. We thank the First Peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and below. CSL White Rock is an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of life. And regularly and consistently. Our life flourishes and flows out of ease and grace when we practice these. Our teaching is based on four cornerstone beliefs. There is one, one power and presence that is the creator of all life and all things. We are spirit having a human experience. Nothing outside us needs to change in order to be happy. We are here to walk each other home. Our vision at CSL White Rock is a loving and vibrant world that works for all. So welcome, friends, and thank you for being with us today. So it's always a great pleasure of ours to have Reverend Karen speak to us. Uh, Rev Karen Wilson has been in ministry since 2008, and she's guided spiritual seekers throughout BC and Alberta, Alberta, helping them deepen their connection to source through the application of spiritual principles. Now she serves the greater CSL community th uh, through her interim ministry program. In addition, she's a member of its Global Themes team, currently serving as co-chair for 2023, as well as the CSL Events Committee planning for annual and general gatherings throughout 2022 and 2023. I'm exhausted with that list of things on your plate, Rev Karen. Rev Karen was instrumental in moving CSL White Rock to a vision-led community. Thank you for that so much. It's a joy to know Rev Karen and experience her enthusiasm and love for this beautiful teaching and all that it brings. With an open heart, 
Please welcome Rev. Karen Wilson. Thank you, Angela. And wow, what a beautiful, beautiful program. I couldn't be more perfect, Sita. Again, I was so excited when I found out we got to do this together again. So that was lovely. And uh, Georgia, your, your meditation was spot on perfect. And uh, treatment was absolutely perfect as well. So I feel like we're all really well set up for what I wanted to share with everybody today. I'm really um, excited by this because uh, I live right in the heart of the city. I live in downtown Vancouver, in Yale Town. Last night, there were all kinds of people at about three o'clock in the morning, uh, partying it up and I think three different foreign languages. So that was interesting. So there was a kaleidoscope of humanity outside. And, uh, and that's typical, right? That's typical of where I am. And yet, um, my heart craves uh, to be in nature. And so I make a point every week to make sure that I spend some time not just walking a seawall with sidewalk and concrete, but to actually live and breathe into nature. And so to, uh, yesterday, I went to Pacific Spirit Park. And um, I ended up uh, walking through this really wide open grove. And I don't know if it's ever happened to any of you, but when I get into especially forests, probably because I grew up here, um, I really feel moved. I feel like part of me just merges with that bigger idea that's being expressed through the earth itself. And so here I was walking through this and the light, of course, was absolutely perfect. And there was some space between myself and the and the greenery that was around me, the cedar trees, the fir trees, and the chattering of squirrels and chipmunks and all those good things. And uh, I saw this piece of cedar in front of me and the light had hit it in just the right way that the um, sap that it was coming from the cedar sparkled like gold. I'm not kidding you. It was like something out of The Hobbit. You know, you just thought, wow, there is gold coming out of this tree. And as I got closer, sure enough, it was sap. I wasn't terribly surprised. But the beauty was astronomical. And then I took another step and saw a tree. Oh, I took a few steps. And I saw another tree. And this one was interesting as well because it had grown up like this. And at a certain point, quite early in its lifetime, it had divided like this. And the image was amazing because I realized that at some point in that tree's little baby life, energetically, it needed to make a decision. Was it going to continue to try and plow through whatever the obstacle was? Or was it going to try and move around it? And clearly it chose to move around it. And there was no sign of whatever that obstacle was. But there was a compensating thing that happened with that which was that it wasn't as tall as the other trees that were around it, which made me think so energetically, some of the energy that would have normally gone to growing up had gone into growing around. So this, these are interesting things, not just because of the beauty of nature, but because there are spiritual laws that are expressed through nature. So the energy that we have within us can come out as the gold that we see in our world. 
and the law of compensation, which we know about as well, the tree is a beautiful and divine expression of that. Theta talked about the caterpillar and its um, pure design for inner transformation. And so we see in nature all of these things and we resonate with it, not because it's other than, we resonate with it because it is in and of us. That's the critical part here, is to realize that we are not imposing our um, egotistical mind upon something that is external when we recognize that spirit within the outside and we merge with that spirit in the inside, then what happens is we too become a divine expression that is working in concert with the nature of our very own being. So that's our spiritual nature. And so what I think about it is I say we are of nature. It operates in and through us. We are the living embodiment of all that is in the all. We are each an individualized expression of nature itself. So we can look at this scientifically, and we know that this is true. And, um, you know, the ancient peoples didn't know it was true, and yet there was some part of us that knew that it was true. So again, science moves forward and it continues to prove what our spiritual nature has always known. So according to science, 99% of all of us, according to our DNA, is exactly the same thing. Doesn't matter where we live in the world, how we grew up, what country we live in, what color our skin is, nothing matters, 99% of our DNA is exactly the same. It doesn't matter what gender we are. doesn't matter our choice, our expressions, any of those things. So it's interesting because we get that 1%, right? We get that little 1% to play with. So how am I going to do life? And I joked a little bit about that earlier when I was thinking about talking to you guys. And if you read my little blurb, I talked about Secret Squirrel and and how it is that we each have our own individualized expression. So we've got uh, squirrels that are all over the world, apparently. And then we have species. And then we have the individualized expression of one squirrel who maybe has a very different nature than all of the other squirrels. Now, you might think, I don't know much about squirrels. So that couldn't possibly be true. So let's pick something just a little closer to home. What about a dog? Or what about a cat? And we've got lots of experience with dogs and cats. And we know that even within breeds, there is certain traits. And then there is yours. There is yours and yours is unique. And you know it's unique because you've spent so much intimate time with it, studying it. And you know how your particular special animal is different from all the others. Same thing for absolutely everything. We have our unique individualized blueprint and our entire existence is really to try and bring to life and bring to light what that individualized expression is asking of us. So when um, I think about nature, I often go to one of my favorite writers and that's Ralph Waldo Emerson. Now, some of you may know that uh, Ernest Holmes drew some of his uh, ideas from Ralph Waldo Emerson, who in turn really created a marriage between the East and the West. 
He was in the early stages of Eastern philosophy coming into translation. And so he got a glimpse into some of those ideas that had been buried. And he was able as a Unitarian minister by training and by generation, I think he was a third or fourth or maybe even fifth generation uni universalist. Um, yeah, uh, Unitarian rather. So by both of those things, uh, he was able to sort of merge those two and he looked a lot at spiritual principles and he looked at nature as one of those key spiritual principles. And he looked at it um, in some really specific ways. And I just want to, he has a book called, or an essay called Nature, and it, it breaks it down into a number of things and it's too long for me to go through all of them, but I would like to highlight a couple of things about certain pieces of it, because again, I want to emphasize that aspect that we are in and of and through nature. So he looks at nature and the three ones that I want to talk about are commodity, beauty, and language. So the first one, commodity, I think we pretty much have a pretty good handle on what that means, but maybe not as much as um, Emerson does because he spent a lot of time really, really thinking about it and drilling into it. So Emerson says, yes, you know, the nature of us as humans is we look at the planet as something that we can use, a commodity. And Sometimes that means that we create a separation from it. So I think that I need to go out into the forest in order to have my aha moment of unifying with spirit. But I want each of you to look in the room you are in right now. Doesn't matter which room it is. I don't really, doesn't make any difference. So if you're in your living room, I want you to think about what the components are in your furniture. Maybe you have material on your couch. Where does that come from? Maybe you have leather. Maybe you have wood. Maybe you have metal. Where does the metal come from? It comes from the earth. Where does the leather come from? It comes from the animal. Where does the wood come from? It comes from the tree, which in turn comes from the earth. If you're in the kitchen or you can see your kitchen, maybe you have stainless steel appliances. Maybe you have ceramic tiles, that too comes from the earth. Maybe behind your walls, you have copper wiring. If you start to sort of deconstruct your very home and start to really think about all of the elements of the earth that are there with you right now, the light that is there that comes through your windows, the elements that are required to bring electricity to you, you are living in nature, formed by humans who are also of nature right now. So yes, we can go outside and see the water flowing through the river, but the water that flows through our tap is just as miraculous. It is all being that divine expression of nature itself coming alive with us. So the next thing that he talks about is beauty. And he says that there are three elements, three aspects of beauty that nature brings to us. And again, we might think, well, it's pretty obvious. Nature is so beautiful. And sometimes nature can be incredibly ferocious. And in its ferociousness, it's beautiful. And we know that, for example, there are some people who like 
to call themselves storm chasers and they will go anywhere. I know Tofino is a big highlight for this, to watch a storm because the ferocity of nature is truly a beautiful thing to behold if you can be in that consciousness that says this is all and all of this is for us and all of this is part of everything just as death is part of life and rebirth and all of those things the other thing that nature does is it gives us an opportunity to rest when we walk on a beach or we walk through a wood so we do any of those things we put our toes in the sand and out into the ocean we often find ourselves taking a breath and when we're working maybe we're not breathing but there's something that happens that catches us that goes and so that is our response our conversation with the nature and we again are being part of it the other thing he points to is what he calls, he says, every natural act is an act of grace. A natural act is an act without premeditation. So instead of me thinking and planning and all this kind of thing, I just come out with something. That's a natural act. And for some reason, and I'm not just talking about me, all of us, when we naturally speak from the core of our being, there's grace in that. And the people who are around us instantly recognize it. And often what we call it in these days is we call it authenticity. We are speaking our divine true nature. And because our divine true nature is exactly the same, no matter who we are, where we are, it doesn't matter. It resonates automatically with all those around us. It resonates with those and attracts those to us that are of the same like-mindedness in that specificity part of who we are. And it shows that spirit is behind it. Spiritual practices are designed to enhance this ability. So if you think about uh, Zen meditation, you think about any kind of form of meditation, you think about recognizing the law of cause and effect as we go deeper into the law of cause and effect, what happens is first we see the effect, that's kind of part of the teaching, and we learn about the cause, but as we go deeper, we start to think to ourselves, and wait a second, what am I trying to create here? What do I believe? And so we start living in accordance with the belief and the truth and the nature that all is love, for instance. So I need to choose my words wisely which is moving into our next element, which is language. Language too is of nature. And we've heard so many examples of that through Theta, through Georgia. When we use all these words and these symbols, they resonate because again, that is the way that we've learned to speak to each other. We speak to each other of fire. We speak to each other of the lion nature of courage we speak to each other of animal spirits we speak to each other and this isn't just in spiritual circles this is all through humanity all through great literature this is a universal way that we communicate so that we can hear at the deepest of levels what it is that is trying to be expressed through us this language is 
what he calls, he says, words or signs of natural facts. So as we say, for instance, we talk about um, straight, there's a natural fact of the so-called, you know, we talk about a horizon. Now we know we've learned that there's, you know, a world. And so there's some bending that's involved, but still there are language that is often connected at its origin to natural laws and natural principles. And then we move into what I was talking about before, which is the area of the symbols and how those symbols become spiritual fact. And then the actual essence of nature itself, that we are talking about the essence of life, that creative spark of life whenever we speak about nature. We have this tendency as humans to think that we are separate from, and I believe that some of this comes from the very early part of um, our Western civilization biblical teachings, which is where uh, Adam, you know, Adam and Eve were created in the Genesis story. And then what started to happen was there were all these animals. And so Adam started to name them. And as soon as we name something, there is the greater idea that we are creating a layer of separation instead of creating it as being part of. So they name the lion and now the lion is separate from. They name the bird and the bird is separate from. They name, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, we are birds too. Do we not fly sometimes? We have created ways that we have figured out how to fly. It's not the same as having growing wings. And yet, and yet, we continue to expand and to grow, inspired, inspired by nature itself and learning that this is our way, perhaps, of doing the same. And we can use it against nature, sometimes destructively, which is where we have our learning, where we have our teaching to grow in grace and in beauty in concert with the natural world so that we are supporting of each other instead of in conflict, which is where the ego piece is. So in that place of separation in the original origin story, it can be read not as a place of discernment, not as a place of that 1% and things getting refined and more specific, but as a place of separation. The other piece too, is that there was a part where it talked about uh, humanity having dominion over all of this. And there's been a lot of discussion in the theological circles over the last several decades around what that word dominion actually means. And the movement has sort of gone increasingly over towards caretaker, that we have a stewardship relationship with, with the natural world, us being part of that natural world. So caring for each other, caring for ourselves, caring for the planet, that this is all part of that natural journey that we are under. So I just want to um, have a look at any thing. Okay, I'm just checking to see if there's any questions that have come up because there's a whole bunch of questions here. Nope, it's all good. So that's good. Um, so I wanted to kind of give you another practical example of how I think I've still got a few more minutes, right, Angela? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I wanted to give you a practical example of how this works. So today, you might notice 
and I have this necklace and I'll move it really, really close. So you can see that that's a leaf. And it's, well, you can probably see that it's gold. And I want to tell you about this leaf because this leaf is, I think it may be getting close to mm, 60, no, probably close to 80 years old, this particular leaf. My mother gave it to me just a couple of weeks ago. And the story of it, again, is all tied to nature. My grandfather in Denmark was a dentist. And he wanted to give uh, his wife, when they were quite young, a gift. And dentists have this ability to have access to gold. And so he took some of his dental gold that normally would end up in a patient's tooth or teeth, and he put it into a mold. And a mold is made of the earth as well. And he found a leaf, a beech leaf, and that's the natural uh, national tree of Denmark. And he found that and he put the impression of a leaf into this mold. And then he filled the mold up with dental gold. And he gifted this to his wife, who he loved very, very much. They were together, you know, until life decided that they needed to be separated. And I'm sure that they're together again now. Their love was very, very deep and very profound. And so my mother, when my grandmother passed, my grandfather gave this to my mother and my mother has since passed it on to me. And so this is how deep and how profound and how close a relationship can be with nature, that it infuses every part of our being. Two other examples I want to give you that also come from Emerson, which is that our um, refinement of our taste which has informed cooking around the world, right? Inspired us. We don't just pick stuff up and eat it. We, we create all these amazing combinations of flavors. And obviously our art is another natural expression that comes out of nature. So we truly are in and of nature. Emerson says the reason why we are broken, the reason why the world lacks unity and is in heaps sometimes, and he was saying this in the late 1800s, bear that in mind, people say the same thing today. And he says it's because man is disunited with himself. Humanity is disunited with itself. So as we become closer as individuals into this greater expression and this greater idea of who we are and recognize that we are living embodiments of spirit itself, then everything starts to become so much more clear. The choices before us become more clear. We may not be as divided, but maybe we are. Sometimes the answer, like with that tree, is a both and. Going straight can sometimes mean death. If you go straight at something, it may not be safe. If you are able to do and hold a both and, as that tree did, you continue to be able to grow and to nourish and to uh, give back to the forest that you're living in. So let's just take a deep breath as we move into treatment and close out this particular time together. Recognizing and knowing that we are of nature, that it operates in and through us, that we are the living embodiment of all it is, 
And that the divine nature and the gift that is nature, that is this life, that is this life in this complex swirl of humanity as it expresses itself right here and right now, is to a piece of divine perfection. I recognize and know that this to be true. I know this to be true because I am willing and able, willing and able to see the divine law and my place within the divine law of nature. I am able and capable of growing with and through and evolving and transforming in concert with this greatest idea that is spirit itself. And so I'm grateful for all of this. I'm grateful for this expression that is my nature, that is each of our nature, that is the spiritual life and the spiritual force and the truth of my being. And so I release this with absolute confidence, knowing that it is all unfolding in divine perfection. I know this to be true. And so it is. So it is. And now it's the time of our service when we come to expressing our gratitude. And I invite you to place your hand on your heart and to take a breath and be grateful. When I think from gratitude, I recognize all of the good things that are available to me. With an open and loving heart, I give thanks for all the gifts that life continuously provides. And so it is. Please join me in showing your gratitude by making a donation to CSL White Rock. And should you choose to give regularly, you can join our committed giving program. All the information that you need to get started is in the chat. Thank you too for that. So there are three ways to give. Uh, you can go to our donate page on the website. You put in any amount you want. And you, this is where you can also become a monthly donor. You play, pay by mail, send us your check. Uh, the uh, mailing address is right there. And you can pay by e-transfer if you prefer. Anyway, we are so appreciative of uh, any of your donations because we want to keep this vibrant little community going and we want to keep spreading the word to as many people as we can.